So let's go straight away into the first um, part. That is, what does what does it mean for us in India today? Right. I think we all know. Um, uh, have a we have a basic idea, but let us just quickly review it. Right. Um, the the Republic Day, twenty uh, sixth of February. Uh, sorry, January 1950, 72 years ago. That was the day when the new free nation of India got its constitution, right? It was a new nation, 1947, three years ago. It had received its freedom from um, bondage to the British and before that, the Mughals, right? Uh, and till then, it had been an amorphous kind of state of affairs, lots of different kingdoms, principalities, kings and uh, independent people uh, were fighting amongst each other with their own rules, their own kings. And now for the first time in all of history, they were one. Okay. And they came together because of one vision, first of all, of course, to, to free themselves from slavery. And secondly, motivated by a dream, a dream of what we can be in the future, right? And that was there in the hearts of all the freedom fighters. And that was reflected in the preamble to the constitution. I think all of us have studied the preamble uh, by heart in our schools. And we know that, right? We, the people of India, we, yeah, we, this is what we want to be. We want to be a secular, democratic, a sovereign republic, and you know, we want to secure for our citizens, you know, um, uh, uh, equality, fraternity, uh, and all those kinds of awesome things, right? That was our vision. That is the thing that we are working towards, right? And that's reflected in the preamble to the constitution. And the constitution itself is the foundational law, right? By which this nation will be governed. And that's the basis. And uh, uh, and that is the basis for all the other laws that have come. And we all know that if there is any law that is made which is misaligned to the constitution, it will be struck down in the courts, right? So what is the purpose of the constitution, right? The constitution gives power to the law and it says it is the means by which to reach that vision. So for example, they say that we are a sovereign republic, right? which means that we must be an independent republic. And that's why the constitution tells us that it commands the executive to maintain an army to protect our borders so that we can be a sovereign nation, so that we can no longer we need to come under any bondage, right, uh, from external people, right? So the constitution is a means to reach the vision, right? The constitution is not the end in itself. It is a purpose-driven constitution. And we are marching to a vision. So have we reached the vision yet? No, but this is where we are going towards. Right? This is what we must remember. Okay, that everything is going towards a vision. And depending on the nation, in India we have this vision, so we have a specific constitution and we go forward. America has something, Saudi Arabia has something, they all have different constitutions. Okay, so let's remember that. Secondly, what, what about God's kingdom, right? A kingdom is also a nation, right? Isn't it? So we need to understand what it is. We are citizens of God's kingdom as well, 
So let's understand from today's concrete example of our nation, India, to what does it mean for God's kingdom? And it's not so easy to understand that until we, uh, uh, we have to decipher that out, right? So we said that India had a vision, the freedom fighters had a vision, it came into the constitution, and the constitution tells us to do in order to reach the vision. What about us? Now, God has a vision and a plan for us as well, for his kingdom. And this vision, this plan is very clearly laid out in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and 12, 3 to 12. Do read that uh, in your spare uh, time today, right? It's, it is like a planning session of God, which has been minuted and written down for us. And if you see, it starts with saying that God in his great love, right? Uh, uh, he uh, designated us, he predestined us to be chosen in love in Jesus Christ. And then it goes on about how Jesus Christ would shed his blood for us. And then finally, it says that an administration suitable for the fullness of times, that is what he is um, coming towards, right? An administration suitable for the fullness of times. That sounds very familiar to our, to our situation, isn't it? From 1947, in uh, the 16th of and 15th of August, we established an administration suitable for the fullness of times of this nation called India. Right? And God is establishing an administration suitable for the fullness of time of his kingdom at some point in time. Secondly, in Daniel chapter 2, right, in the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, we see how God's kingdom will come one day and all the others will be smashed, right? And his kingdom alone will be established forever, right? And both these passages, they tell us that it is all for, by, and through Jesus. That is what the New Testament says, because Jesus had been revealed. And in Daniel's time, of course, he was destined to call the Messiah. So let's try to understand, when is Republic Day for God's kingdom? And what does it mean to have a constitution? Does it have a constitution? So let's try to figure it out, but it's not so easy to do it. So we will have to take the help of an intermediate stage of the nation of Israel. That's why God established Israel so that we can have a better view and picture of it. So let's look at Israel's Republic Day, right? When did the nation get its freedom? We all know it. It's when, it's when um, Israel was released from bondage um, from Egypt. They got their freedom from Egypt, just like we got our freedom from the British. Um, and that, you, you know, this whole story of the plagues and how Moses came and, you know, and uh, finally on the last, uh, the 10th plague, the blood of the Passover lamb was upon the Israelites. And, but the angel of death came and destroyed all the firstborn of Egypt and then they got their freedom, right? And God established Israel as a nation that was a promise given to Abraham. He established Israel as a nation, saying that they will be my people, I will be their God, and I will bless you massively, and I will display my splendor amongst all the nations, and then all the nations will be blessed through Israel. So just like in 1947, we got a freedom, that year they got freedom. And when did, and just like we got our constitution three years later, Israel got their constitution one year later when they were at Mount Sinai, right? And God came and met them and he gave them their law, right? 
that was the day they got their constitution and what was their constitution the 10 commandments the 10 commandments were were israel's constitution written there by god himself and given and based on the 10 commandments god gave them more, 600 plus more detailed laws and said that okay now this is how we are going to achieve my vision what is my vision you will be my people i will be your god and that's why for example the first of the ten commandments comes you shall have no other gods before me right and then all the others laws right and if they followed all these laws then god would bless them massively display his splendor among the nations and all the nations will come towards God and worship him in um, Jerusalem, right? And that is what Solomon was saying um, uh, when he dedicated the temple. If you remember in the passage there, he says, and people will come and stream towards this temple and they will see you and they will worship you because of the splendor of God in the midst of Israel. That was the purpose of God's, of Israel's constitution. Again, it was a means to achieve the vision that God had for Israel, right? The law, the Ten Commandments, that was the means for Israel to achieve God's vision for them. Now, let's take the next step. What about God's kingdom, our Republic Day? Now we are in uh, the Christian era, right? After Jesus, Jesus came through Israel and now we are living in the hope of our God's kingdom. Does it have a republic day? We can, can we talk of a republic day? Of course, God's kingdom is not a republic. It is his kingdom, right? That's why I put it in quote uh, marks. And we are a people uh, who have received freedom, right? Just like India received freedom through our freedom fighters, through the non-cooperation movement and various things. Israel received freedom through the blood lands. Today, we receive freedom from all oppression by the blood of Jesus Christ. So let's look at these three things. What is the vision, the Republic Day, and the Constitution? And let us compare it. Israel, which is the imperfect prototype, and God's kingdom, which is the perfect final. So when we compare it, then we can get a much better view. So let's go line by line. I hope you can see my screen. So firstly, let's look at the vision. Right? In Israel, it was a limited freedom, physical. Right? They were released from bondage of Egypt and they came and lived in the land of Canaan. In God's kingdom, we have absolute freedom from all bondages, complete and total including the bondage of sin. Secondly, Israel had limited access to God in the temple. Right? God was holy. He was surrounded. He was in the holy of holies. There was a holy place. There was the outer court. And then the people were there outside. And the people themselves were separated from all the other nations. Right? So God was there in the midst, but his access into him was limited. Only the high priest would go into the holy of holies once a year that too right in today in god's kingdom in the perfect final in the final kingdom we have 24 by 7 access god is with us right as the bible says the veil of the temple was rent 
and we have now complete access through the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been set free from our sins so that we can enter into God's presence. And Israel had to struggle to come into God's presence. Israel's kingdom, the, uh, the nation, the vision was a finite and temporal vision, right? It is fixed inside, inside time. It is a finite kingdom in a special specific geography. Our kingdom, God's kingdom, the final and perfect kingdom is absolute and forever. Right? As the Bible ends in Revelation chapter 22, it says it is forever and ever. Right? Finally, um, Israel, the vision was that Israel would be blessed by God and draw all the people to God through their splendor and that all the nations of the earth will be blessed by God because of that. In the case of God's kingdom, the perfect and final kingdom, God's people are going to be adopted as sons of the Father and they're going to reign with Christ as his bride. Right? This is the big difference. It's not just a blessing that we are going to receive uh, in God's kingdom. We are being adopted as sons of the Father and we're going to reign with Christ as his bride. Right? So I've just put on these four points. There are many more things which you can also, um, as you read the Bible, you can start uh, studying the Bible from this perspective, uh, right? Of what is God's kingdom, the perfect one which is coming versus what is described in the uh, Bible of Israel, the imperfect prototype, which is reflecting what is going to come in the future, right? So uh, I just put on these few just to illustrate, and these are some of the main things, right? Next, let, let's look at the Republic Day, okay? Uh, Israel got its Republic Day one year after freedom from Egypt. We, on the other hand, we, each one of us, we have received our freedom, and as people are coming to Christ, each one is receiving the freedom, but the Republic Day is still in the future. <clears throat> the Republic has not yet come, and we see it coming in Revelation 21. Right in Revelation chapter 21, John writes, and I saw a new heavens and a new earth, and the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven to the earth. And on the earth, who is there? Jesus Christ. And who is this new Jerusalem? It's the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ, the wife of the Lamb, is coming down from heaven to this earth to be with her bridegroom, Jesus Christ. And they will dwell with the Father. They will be there together and they will reign forever and ever. Right? So we see the Republic Day for us is still in the future. So we are still, we are, you know, we are like now freedom fighters, like uh, the freedom fighters of India, waiting for that complete and perfect uh, freedom when all the children of God will be adopted as sons and we will be built up into the bride of Christ and then the Republic will be established and we will be there forever. What about the Constitution? Right? In Israel, as we saw, the Ten Commandments written on the tablets of stone and the law they were given to them it was an external code it was an external code which was given to israel to follow right what about us right what about us our constitution it is a law written by the spirit in our hearts 
God in us, a person, Jesus Christ, right? This is what the prophets prophesied in Jer Jeremiah, for example. And in those days, I will make a new covenant with them. And I will put my law into their hearts, right? And the spirit, my spirit, I will put into them, right? And this is what it says in Hebrews. When, when the author of Hebrews talks about uh, a new covenant, right? As compared to the old covenant. Uh, the old covenant was something written externally, but now this covenant is something in which God has put his spirit in us, God in us, a person, Jesus Christ. And that's why, for example, we have, um, uh, now you see how the constitution is now trying to achieve God's vision for us, right? Because he wants us to have 24 by seven access to us, uh, God with us. So he has put his spirit in us, right? So now we, God is in us. So God is with us. So we have 24 by seven access, right? So what is the purpose of the law for the constitution for Israel? It was to comply with the law and be blessed and draw all other nations. What is our purpose, right? Our purpose is still out in the future. We are preparing for the vision of being the sons of the father and the bride of Christ. That is what our vision is, right? We're preparing for that day when the fullness of all of um, uh, the uh, God's uh, vision will be accomplished, right? And we will be sons and the bride. That is ultimately the vision which we are going to be um, uh, being built up for. So let's um, put all of these together finally, right? What does it mean for us? What are the application for us? And I want to just put two of them, two big points, and then I'm sure you can also start working on this. Number one, it's the vision which is the key, right? Today, the kingdom of God is in our hearts, as Jesus said. But one day, it will be fully realized. And today, we are being prepared to be the sons and the bride. That is God's vision and purpose. So let's study the Bible from that perspective, that God is doing a massive project to accomplish his vision in which we are key stakeholders, right? In our project, we always have stakeholders, right? And in our case, we are very, very close stakeholders with God because we are inheritors and co-heirs with Christ, his sons and the bride of Christ. So we need to work and run our businesses from that perspective, right? So when we talk about project that God is doing, we need to understand very clearly what we're delivering. And what is the deliverable, ultimate deliverable, the final deliverable is sons of God and the bride of Christ, right? And if you see, the four big deliverables are all made by God, commanded by God to us from that perspective, right? We have the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? So that the bride may be made complete, right? The bride is the body of Christ. We are one body. And, to be, and the body to be made complete, every member of the body should be there, right? Jesus does not want a bride in which one finger is missing, right? Or one toe is missing. Every one of the people of God must be gathered in so that the bride is made complete. That is why the Great Commission is there. So we need to go out, right? Secondly, we have to love one another, right? 
And we have to be as one, even as the Father and Jesus are one. Why? Otherwise, you know, we will gather all the body parts together, but we will be scattered like body parts. We will not be alive. We have to come together as one. The bride has to be made as one. Thirdly, sanctification. We have to be made holy, right? Because the bride has to be perfect. Jesus will not accept an imperfect bride. Right? And finally, the works. Right? We have to bring the glory of the nations into the kingdom of God. Right? That's what it says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 26. And the bride's glory is all the good works that God has created for us from before the foundation of the earth. Right? So these are the various deliverables that we have to work towards in God's great vision for which he has sealed us by his constitution into our hearts. And I want to leave with you the second application. Let us not be distracted by Israel's vision and their mode of achieving it, that is their constitution. Right? Remember, their constitution was the law given to them on tablets of stone. Right? And our natural inclination is to keep on getting into that mode of Israel, to follow the law and expect to be blessed like Israel and applying all kinds of Old Testament passages indiscriminately without their context and saying that, oh, 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 we will get all this. Right? But that is for Israel's vision, for God's vision he had for Israel. We have gone past that. The project has progressed. We are no longer there. We have progressed and we are looking forward to God's vision the final and perfect vision. So we need to use the law that God gave to Israel wisely because through the law, God reveals his heart and mind and character in their context, but we need to extrapolate it to God's final kingdom vision. So that's what we need to do. So let us not get stuck into that and expect, you know, for example, in <clears throat> especially in today's coronavirus days, we say, oh, Psalm 91, Oh, God will keep us from all kinds of pestilences. And then Christians fall sick and they die and we wonder, what happened? What happened? Did not God promise us? But this is what God had promised Israel for their vision. God had said that I will bless you massively, both in wealth and health and everything, so that the whole world will see and they will come to Jerusalem. It was for their vision, not for our vision now, which God is doing. So let's get out of that and Press on ahead to what God has called us into. Our loving Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for your marvelous and wonderful vision that you have for us, that you have chosen um, us from before the foundation of the earth to be your sons and to present us as the bride to Jesus Christ, your firstborn, uh, with whom you have existed eternally, deeply in love with one another, that you are presenting us as a gift of love to your son. And in that, we receive the gift of love of the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, to us. We receive that and we work and we commit ourselves, Lord, to this the marvelous and wonderful vision. And we pray, Lord, that you will help us uh, to break the hold of all kinds of bondages in our minds, especially from all kinds of falsehoods and lies and deceits, and especially all kinds of delusions, which you have uh, yourself, you have warned us in your word that in the last days there will be so many delusions of all kinds of falsehoods and all kinds of things, um, even quoting your own word, Lord of Deity. So Lord, we pray that you will help us to get out of all of those things and fix our hearts and our minds upon you, Lord Jesus, our bridegroom, <clears throat> and uh, allow ourselves to be built up by your Holy Spirit 
to be your perfect sons and to come together in unity as the bride of Christ. And uh, we pray, Lord, committing this week into your hands, every one of us in CBMC here. Um, we pray that you would anoint us and establish us, that, that we may start applying all these things uh, to our works, in our families, in um, all our uh, lives itself, Lord. Help us to start studying and meditating upon your word from that perspective of understanding your vision and uh, working together with you and with one another, deeply in love with one another towards this marvelous and wonderful vision. And to you, Lord, we give our glory, honor, thanks, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.